in how dare you decline well how i dare figured, you decline my zoom call i figured if i'm editing this one then i should have probably called you so then i have the recording oh okay yeah that's fine i was planning on on editing but if you want to yes that's great because i have all the um all the scratch yeah cheers big, big ears hold on i'm not poured yet can you hear this asmr oh jesus <laughs> i just poured it all over my counter <laughs> We'll wait. Pants are wet now. Pause in uh, reflection. This um, this hard seltzer has like actual chunks of like coconut in it. Oh my gosh! It looks like I just vomited all over my desk. Oh god! Hold on. Hold on. This is my first time ever drinking. <laughs> you know what? It's perfect because we needed a libation for <gasps> today, which is the summer solstice. Oh my god, I totally didn't even realize. I didn't either. Until earlier today, somebody was like, happy summer solstice. I was like, oh my god, I don't even know what day it is. So we we're are horrible pagans. We're we're having a feast <laughs> of the grape and of the coconut. Let me, can you hear this? That's sexy right there. All right, I'm not going to pour the whole thing because knowing me, I will fucking spill this everywhere. All right. All like right. I just did. <laughs> How was your week? I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. Hello. Yes, it does feel like that. All right, we could cheers now because I know I haven't. Okay. Cheers. What do you say in Sicilian? Um, What do we say in Sicilian? I actually know what we say in Croatian before I know what we say in Sicilian. Shivali. Okay. Shivali! <laughs> Clink. Um, what do we what do we say? Salute. That's it. Salute. 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 Awesome. Yeah. We say the same thing when people sneeze. So I don't know. You could say the Croatian thing at me and I'll say the Italian thing at you. All right. So it's like the melding of our two <laughs> cultures. Cultures. Because <laughs> yeah. we are married. We have a save the date of October the eleventh through the fifteenth in Salem. Be there mm -hmm. for the wedding. For the wedding. <laughs> for the for the join joining of unions. <laughs> Aaron has this friend named Kyle, of course, and he's known him since before I came into the picture. And it was did he, always did he quit the band? Kyle, no, he's, he's one of those who drinks Monster and punches holes in walls and crashes oh motorcycles. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> and uh, he's um, he was Aaron's life partner before I ever came into the picture. So I, I joined the partnership, and he, he call him Kyle, Daddy. But he's uh, in our thruple. He knows that he has to share, or what well, you know you have to share Aaron with him. Exactly. Yeah, that's the same thing with like Avi and his friend Joe, his best man at, at our wedding. Oh. Yeah, he's like our adopted third child. But now, like Avi's gonna have to share you with me is what I'm saying. Right, yeah. <laughs> the life yeah. partnership. Life partnership. Yeah. Oh, cheers. Cheers. It looks like a frothy lemonade, but you said it's coconut? It's pina colada. Ooh. It's a, it's called smooge, hard seltzer smoothie, smooge. pina colada flavor. Yeah. It's got like chunks of coconut in it. Kind of creamy. It's good. It's like a, a beer smoothie. They have a restaurant here that does, I think like 20 different alcoholic milkshakes. Ooh. Oh, dude. 
They're killer. They're really good. I can't even remember what I was doing on the summer solstice last year. Possibly having a fire, but it's pouring out today. It's not like I I lit some candles. So oh, you brought the fire. You Come know, on, baby, let my fire. <laughs> <The> fucking organ. <laughs> hey, what you told me, you texted me yesterday and you were like, I'm listening to the doors right now and this organ is out of control. <laughs> Because a long time ago, we brought that up and you were like, I could not, you couldn't add it to our WMSR because you were like, yeah. this fucking organ is so obnoxious. I kept up a wall. Yeah. And I was, it was in the car. My aunt and uncle were visiting and it came on in the truck and I'm just geeking at myself. I'm giggle mugging. So giggle I just wanted to let you know I was thinking about you. I was just talking about Victorians. Oh, <laughs> I told you I went to, I went to um, have a writing session with my brother because he was home. He's not he's not home anymore. He he mm -hmm. went back to LA already. But we had a writing session because I had some music from the last band I was in and he wants to turn this music into a film. That's and I'm incredible. Like, I'm like, hey, do what you want with it. I give you complete control. Just wow. here, here you go. So he yeah. wanted he wanted to sit with me and and write a script. So the story takes place in like from the Renaissance era to like the Industrial Revolution. Like there's oh, time. Jumps, wow. Like, it's crazy. So we were trying to come up with like dialogue for one of the characters and like one of the characters is like this guy who's like works at the theater and he's well established yeah. and very, uh, he has fine taste. So I was like, uh, I said something about an arbiter of taste. He's like, oh, that's excellent. What did you say? What is it? What's an, what's an arbiter of taste? I was like, listen to <laughs> Magnolia Street podcast episode. I don't remember about the Victorian era. Yeah. Go listen to it. I, I was trying oh to like drop it to like get my brother to listen to the podcast, but he's so friggin' busy with his own shit. He'll probably never listen to this. <laughs> it's episode 29. 29. There you go. Victorian architecture and era. Oh, the operative taste. Still oh. haven't posted that to Instagram. Right. But so he threw that in the script somewhere. <laughs> God dang. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if this ever sees the light of day. Oh my god. Yeah, I would like to that. hear what you guys talked about if you want if you're open to talking about it on a bonus or something. About what we wrote? Yeah, about the the concept, the story, the project. Yeah, what it's uh, all music that I wrote with when me and Avi were doing Stella Diora. All that music with that band is all concept music and that's so cool. My brother's feeling inspired by it, so he wants to write something. Oh, wow. For the screen. So we'll see if that ever pans out. Okay, okay. So busy. He's got a million other things going on, but I was like, all right, if you want to write, well, I'll be more than happy to, but He's I- He's your younger brother? Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I'm Christina. I'm Justina. Welcome to Magnolia Street Podcast. Your the one, one and only fandom <laughs> podcast for practical magic. But this podcast started musically, Mm hmm. right? Yeah. How do I segue into the proper story about that? Because we well, haven't talked about that in a little bit. Yeah, we 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 don't talk about the music on here probably as much as we should because mm -hmm. it's amazing and I think everybody should hear it. But we're you know we're trying to take our time with it. We know that you guys are here first and foremost for content and talking about the books and the movies, so we completely get that. So every I don't know I don't even know how many episodes we've been doing these, but this is our third song episode, our third episode that we're gonna talk about this these songs that we wrote and. The one that we're doing today is Brownies for Breakfast. You guys voted on this in our patron-only polls over on our Patreon. 
So thank you for your votes. Thank you for your input. Mm -hmm. um, you guys voted for this one. And without even knowing what the song sounds like, we just gave you a synopsis about what the song's about, and you guys wanted to hear it based on what we bullshitted. It's just 20 about. minutes of the, the Doors organ solo <laughs> from Light My Fire. I would kill myself. I would murder myself. Oh, man. It is really helpful because mm -hmm. we love all the songs, and it's just yeah. kind of tricky to figure out which ones we want to showcase first. But because you guys picked this one, we were able to talk about that chocolate tipsy cake that shows up in the books and it was perfect timing yeah, yeah. if you guys yeah. listened to last week's episode that episode was dedicated all to that cake that chocolate <gasps> tipsy cake the cake by the ocean the cake by the ocean yeah <laughs> so uh just to i guess snowball off of that last week's episode we're going to continue the chocolate cake discussion because we wrote a song about it <laughs> nice. Nice, nice. We wrote a song all about it you know who could help <laughs> is this a segue <laughs> No, Billy Zane. <laughs> Billy Zane. Did you see his Instagram post the other day? He was at um, Tombstone, I guess, the set. Or I dude, I did. It. The hat. only reason I did is because somehow our Instagram got linked up with my personal Facebook. What? And it, the story ended up on my personal Facebook story, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" But people were liking it. Yeah, my like, mom was looking at it. My dad like, was looking at it. I didn't post. So it. confused. It was. It was all me. I have access to Christina's entire life. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I just post it from our page, and it goes to your page. I know. I un I, I unlinked everything. You unlinked it. Okay. Yeah, it was he was at cute. he was, he was at Tombstone, and I I posted a little story, and I was like, "Here's." Our boy Billy Zane channeling his inner Louis Lamore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was cute. Yeah, yeah. very photogenic man. Yeah. He He's just living living it up. I okay. don't have a segue. Okay, to get back to chocolate cake. So okay, I apologize. All right, so so yeah, we're we're talking about chocolate cake today. Um, or we brownies just had for to, breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this the name of the song is Brownies for Breakfast, but this is a little bit of a spinoff from last week's episode, which was about the tipsy chocolate cake. We actually, if you didn't listen to that episode, go listen to that now before you jump in here, so things are kind of like make sense and you can put things into context. And one thing that we mentioned on that episode in the beginning, but ultimately we forgot to talk about the actual article was the chocolate tipsy cake oh. recipe from fairy magazine yeah that's true we we shared alice's and you mentioned citing the magazine yeah. but i don't think we did talk about yeah it. we never talked about the actual recipe though so we're going to talk about that right now so that's in the um enchanted living well it was fairy magazine at the time they've since rebranded to enchanted living but this is the practical magic issue number 40 and you could still get that on their website in their backdated issues mm -hmm. this issue came out in the fall of october 2017 and it's chock full of articles stories interviews recipes and stunning photos did you see you saw the photos of this chocolate tipsy cake so beautiful yes yes isn't it it's just beautifully photographed all the photography in that thing I is know. great i know great stuff yeah it's photography goals right there mm -hmm. um so this tipsy cake recipe can be found on pages 14 and 15 and both the recipe and the gorgeous photos are by italian food blogger sarah gadina of onegirlinthekitchen.com um, if you go to her website i went to it before i was looking for her on instagram i don't think i found i could find her on there 
Okay. Um, I think she was most, she's like mostly a blogger. So she's got a food blog and- It's an Italian. Um, yeah, you can switch English it back version. and forth. Yeah, so she does blog in Italian as well. Wow. She is from Italy. Going back to this article about this chocolate tipsy cake, this recipe that she created. So on the right hand side of the page, we have our beloved chocolate tipsy cake adorned with fresh raspberries. And more raspberries are scattered about the left hand side of the page with deep purple and red rose petals bright green foliage and what looks like some anise pods or something or seeds and then two glasses filled with some pureed raspberry which is I guess the sauce that she makes to accompany this cake. It looks so rich and decadent like if you're not a chocolate person you might not dig it it looks very rich but if you are a chocoholic like I am then try your hand at this recipe. So this page leads off with an excerpt from The Rules of Magic and the excerpt that it includes, uh, it's this one. So Franny came in from the garden with a basket of herbs she had just picked, comfrey mint. She stopped in her tracks when she saw the little girl. Regina looked up at her and smiled. You're the good witch, she said. Franny laughed. She'd certainly never thought of herself that way. Still, she was charmed. Have you ever heard of a tipsy cake? She asked. Regina shook her head no. Why, it's absolutely delicious. It's the most chocolatey chocolate you'll ever taste. I think I'll make you one. So I love that passage. It's so adorable. Yep, there it is. Yeah, so, so cute. So pretty, isn't it? It's like the be most beautiful contrast of like dark, like mm -hmm. dark grays and a little red, but then there's like purple scattered in. Yeah. Back in the background with the Love the how the colors just pop. Ah. The colors pop so nicely. Yes. Yeah. So let's get into the recipe. So the title is tipsy chocolate cake with raspberry sauce and i don't in the book i don't remember there being any kind of ras do you remember any raspberries in the book at all i don't no okay but so then i Alice's guess this recipe has a raspberry sauce doesn't it with lemon squeeze a lemon i think yeah i think that's the one that she included in her tiktok video okay right it says this dense rich gluten-free cake is adapted from a traditional recipe from capri but lightened up with fresh raspberries substitute almond extract for the rum for a nuttier and less boozy affair the islands of capri <laughs> i remember it all go ahead you just had to Oh, oh, I love that's my favorite part of that documentary. That's a great line. Mm -hmm. I remember it all. You just had to fall. Oh, so and a sip. <laughs> and a sip. Sip. Take Christina a sip. <laughs> this recipe calls for a nine-inch springform pan. And for the cake, the ingredients that you are going to need. One and a half cup of almonds, one cup of sugar, eight ounces of dark chocolate, coarsely chopped, two sticks of butter, five large eggs, and one quarter cup of rum. And Alice, as we saw in her TikTok video, she uses a white Bacardi Superior, but you could probably get away with using some kind of spiced rum. I'm really curious to know if this is the same recipe. Might be. I'm gonna look while you're reading. It might be. And for the sauce, use two and a half cups of raspberries, fresh or frozen, one third cup of sugar, and two tablespoons of lemon juice. So what you're gonna do, preheat your oven to 400 degrees, butter the springform pan and lightly dust it with flour, toast the almonds in a pan for three to four minutes, tossing them a couple times to make sure they brown evenly on each side, remove from heat and set aside. Place the chocolate and butter in the top of a double boiler over simmering water and allow them to melt. 
Stir until smooth, then let cool off completely. Coarsely grind the almonds together with the sugar. Separate the yolks from the egg whites, place them in a large bowl, and beat until light and fluffy. Add the sugar-almond mixture, the melted chocolate with butter, and the rum, and work with the mixture until batter is smooth. In a separate bowl, beat the egg whites until soft peaks form, then gently fold them into the rest of the batter. Pour it into the prepared pan and bake at 400 degrees for 10 minutes. Lower the temperature to 340 degrees and bake for another 40 minutes. Let the cake cool off completely before removing it from the pan. And in the meantime, you can make the raspberry sauce. So place your raspberries, sugar, and lemon juice in a small nonstick pan and cook over medium heat for about five minutes, stirring from time to time until sugar is dissolved. Put the mixture in a blender and puree until smooth. If desired, strain the sauce through a fine mesh sieve to remove the seeds. Dust the cake with powdered sugar and decorate it with fresh raspberries. Serve each slice with one to two tablespoons of raspberry sauce on the side. So there you go. It Beautiful. seems easy enough. Lovely, right? lovely. It is the same recipe, but that's fine. Yeah. Because it's it's perfect because we need the recipe in here anyway. Yeah. It says, you said 14 and 15? It oh, was in the digital version. It might be different in the actual printed copy. At the bottom of the page, it says that when she's not at farmer's markets or stirring yet another jam or photographing an artichoke, Sarah Godina, mm -hmm. aka One Girl in the Kitchen, might be running the Golden Gate Park or in warrior pose. And the photographer is online at Sarah Godina Photography. We'll link it. Yeah. Her stuff is amazing. Beautiful photography. Just gorgeous. And gorgeous. Just gorgeous. All right. Are we ready to jump into this song? Are your fingers all warmed up? Is your guitar in tune? I don't know if I necessarily have to play because I have all the rough Okay. Tracks. I did things a little differently this time because I kind excited. of like, I like went back into the archives. I still have all of these recordings on my phone because I don't delete anything because I'm a hoarder. Okay. I have everything dated. I have so many drafts of this song. Like, as it was progressing from mm -hmm. the very first inception of the idea until like the most recent demo that I have, which is like the whole entire song start to finish and kind of like how I play it most currently. So it's a nice kind of like journey to see how the song kind of evolved from its first inception until now. Was this one of the later songs that was written? This song was our ninth song in our project. Okay, right in the middle. I thought it was earlier on, but I guess I thought it was later on, but you just, you kind of pulled it out of your back pocket and you're like, surprise, bitch. I pulled this one out of my ass. Yeah. I don't know. Like, okay. So, so I guess let's talk a little bit about the, I guess the inspiration for the song or just the title alone, Brownies for Breakfast. The chocolate infatuation was always a theme that I, I knew that I wanted to write about. I knew I wanted to write it from the aunt's perspective. Mm -hmm. So being a self-proclaimed chocoholic, as you guys have learned if you listen to our last episode, I just always resonated with the aunt's stance on chocolate. And it wasn't the first time that I had created content surrounding the chocolate cake and practical magic. You guys have heard me talk about a blog party that I had a while ago on blogspot.com that I hosted with Frosted Petunias. So in that blog party, back in 2010 this was, I created a fan fiction post in which I find this real estate listing for the Owens Family Victorian Mansion on Magnolia Street. And in this story, my character is intrigued and decides to go to an open house. And from the moment I get there, I get a weird feeling that I have been there before and I keep feeling this presence surrounding me during my visit. And at one point in that story, the scent of baked goods just overtakes me. So here's an excerpt from that post. As I was walking back down the winding staircase from the attic, this magical smell started to overtake me. 
It lured me through the magical kitchen and out into the garden. It was then I realized what the smell was. When I arrived in the garden, I saw a table seated for one with the most amazing treat one could ever wish for. The table was also adorned with an old photo of a dark-haired woman. Her face looked very familiar. Next to her was a green vase that looked like it was from a botanical shop and a watch inscribed with the words Sally Owens. On top of the plate was a note. I wondered if I was supposed to read it. I didn't want to impose, being that I was only here for an open house. I could not contain my curiosity any longer. I carefully pulled the pink and white silk ribbon and opened the parchment. It wasn't addressed to anyone specific, but for some reason I felt like I was supposed to be the one reading this. It read, Our dearest inheritor, you are sent here today not by choice, but by the magical plan we have set for you. We knew you would be here one day, and it is only you who will carry on the true gifts of the Owens family. Please take a bite of one of our magical brownies, a recipe which has been passed down through generations, and in turn, you will inherit all that is planned for you. Your beloved aunts, Kylie and Antonia Owens. <gasps> what? Yeah, so they would have been, Kylie and Antonia are my aunts, so now I'm the descendants of their line. Okay. Right? Okay. So I looked around carefully to see if anyone was around. I skimmed through the letter again briefly. I kept telling myself that this was meant to be. I hopefully shrugged my shoulders and took a bite. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Christine is like, there's so much to unpack here. I want more. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. We're, are we going to ever hear the whole thing? Is it out there? So what I'm going to do is if you want to read the entirety of this story, I'm going to post this entire thing to our Patreon for anybody who wants to read this, the whole thing. I'm also going to include the photography that I included with that blog post because I used a photo bucket account at that time. And like half of those pictures now are like X'd out or gone. Like photo bucket like deleted a lot of that stuff because i guess I, I didn't log in for a while i still have everything on like a hard drive so i'll post the whole thing on the patreon so you guys could read the whole thing kind of see where the story goes oh see God. the photography i included Amazing. and i i baked brownies specifically for that blog post just so i can get that gorgeous photo of them and you still that you still have that photo that it's going to be on the patreon yeah that's amazing yeah, so I just love the whole concept of the whole brownies for breakfast theme, and I always thought that it would make a fun song. And the title alone, given the alliteration, like the brownies for breakfast, like, mm -hmm. but I just never panned out. I never got the blessing from the muses to actually turn it into a song <laughs> until you wrote me into this entire project, Christina. <laughs> it's so weird that a uh, air and fire relationship could be something like this right because we've talked about like i have the ideas i'm in the, my mind but mm -hmm. bringing stuff to fruition i'm like it's fine it's okay like whatever and you're like no we're gonna do this and then you're like you don't just stop after you've done the thing you want to share it with other people but we're like how do we share it with the other people yeah let's start a podcast <laughs> It just keeps snowballing and it's amazing like the life form like it's it's taken on its own life at this point and i just think that's amazing but going back to what you said about who thought a fire and an air relationship could have turned into this but if you think about it what does fire need to keep mm -hmm. growing it needs oxygen, oxygen. right so Did you write a song where i'm your oxygen you're my oxygen are you my oxygen and yeah so I just needed that little bit of little bit of push, little bit of nudge to be like, you still got it. You because at that point I hadn't written songs in like a really long time. You, you know, absolutely still got it. 
you were like, you could do this. So I was like, all right, all I needed was that little encouragement and we were off to the races. So it's our most favorite thing. It, I don't know what avenue of artistic venture this couldn't inspire. Right. You know, physical, like paintings, drawings, art, music, you know, people have made such beautiful jewelry and like replica pieces. It's just the gift that keeps on giving, as we like to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's I just really begs... hope we don't get sued. <laughs> It just begs to be elaborated on, you know, mm -hmm. like we only have so much of the movie and the books and then it stops at some point because like Alice, I'm sure she's getting tired of fucking writing and talking about it. She's like, guys, I have other stories and like I she's know. trying to promote her other books and I totally get that. But like, I don't know, sometimes like being a content creator, whether you're an author or a songwriter or whatever, it's like just throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing what sticks. And this for Alice is the one that just sticks for everybody. Uh, mm hmm. Absolutely. Right? Because she's had other books created into film and TV. Possibly yeah. TV. Yeah. But yeah, she had Aquamarine. Like that was one of hers. Dove Keepers is out there. I'm sure she's got others. Yeah. Yeah. So she's done, she's done other stuff, which, you know, she's known for, but Practical Magic. Something about it. I know. I don't know what it is. It has that itchy. 90s whimsigoth thing that everybody freaking loves. Yeah. So, and yeah. speaking of 90s, that was kind of the sound that I wanted to go for when writing the song. You nailed it. I was listening to this, I think just the clip we shared in the last episode. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is so bare naked ladies to me. <laughs> Or a Great Big Sea or something. Like, just like, it's awesome. Yeah, I was trying to like, pause after Brownie's for breakfast. I was thinking a lot like when writing the rhythm because it's very like downstrum, a lot of downstrum. Mm -hmm. And just like a straightforward downstrum. I was thinking a lot of like, I don't know, like Lisa Loeb or who else was I thinking of? I don't even remember. Probably stuff that you that you, you would like hear on like the Craft soundtrack or the Gilmore Girls sure. soundtrack. Or just very whimsical, super earthy, organic instrumentation. That's what I was kind of hearing in my head mm -hmm. when creating this song. Like as far as like, because when I create a song, I always try to think of like the end production. Like what do I want the production to sound like? Okay. And I definitely am hearing a more organic kind of sound. Okay. Not so we much like, yeah, we're good. We'll, we can make it happen. And that's the beauty of like taking things into a studio and, you know, telling musicians what you want. Like, mm -hmm. we'll figure it out. But I want to know your inspiration. Because again, I didn't really have a whole lot in the scene because we were already, I guess, since this was the ninth song, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe we already have eight, eight songs. And you were like, boom, here's another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Were you like ready to stop there? You're like, oh, we wrote eight songs. Okay, I'm good. We're, we're good. I don't even remember if we had like a top, like, let's hit this. Let's make this a song kind of like we do for this show. I don't even remember if we did that or if they were just coming as they came. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, I don't think we had any agenda. I think we were just kind of like writing about whatever scenes inspired us. Mm -hmm. And those like little taglines that just stuck out at you. Like whenever that scene where she's like, a brownie for breakfast? Brownie? Like, yeah, yeah. Doing... Of course I'm still doing that. So like brownie for breakfast always stuck out in my mind. Some not things never change in this house. <laughs> not so much the chocolate cake, but like, no, a brownie specifically, you know. I'll take a brownie over chocolate cake. Yeah. Down. I do love me a, a fudgy brownie. Do you? Okay, so question. Corner crunchy piece or middle gooey piece? I want that piece next to the corner. That so the has middle. like the gooey and one side that's crunchy. <gasps> you like the, oh, you're a fucking Gemini. You <laughs> want the best, you want, you want your cake and you want to eat it too. You want no. everything. You can't <laughs> I love it with eat. walnuts. I'll okay. take a walnut brownie any day. Yeah. Okay. What, do you like the corner or do you like the middle? I love a gooey fucking piece. Yeah? Yeah. The hottest, the hottest of the hot. Oh, the gooey, the lava. Ooh. 
wiggly chocolate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about the search for Inspirato. Do you remember that? Uh, the Tenacious that D. Tenacious D song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the HBO special, they like yeah, have a whole remember. episode on like how he gets inspired. Is that the one where he does like the classical? Can't you see he's the man? Let me hear you applaud. He is more than a man. He's a shiny yeah. golden god. That one. I think it's time to fucking rock a fucking roll out of control. Dude, we're gonna drive Avi crazy. <laughs> Wait for it. Uh, can I hope we have a tenacious D sing along? Sing along. Yeah, that'd be fun, dude. Whatever bar that we end up at, we should just like have them put that shit on. And just yes, sing along. Yes, 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 yes. yes. If we end up at a karaoke bar, you and I should do tribute or Wonder Boy. Wonder together. Boy. Wonder Boy is really good. Yeah, Avi's gonna hate us by the end of this trip. Either that, or he's just, he's just gonna be like, go back to South Carolina with Christina. I don't, you don't. Have I to. hope he's happy that you're happy. <laughs> no, he'll be fine. Or you're tolerant, at least. Yeah, my cousins will be there, so at least if he's getting sick of me, he could just go somewhere with. <laughs> All right. I hope I didn't embarrass you in front of your family. What? I hope I don't embarrass you in front of your family. Why would no? If anything, my family would embarrass me in okay. front of you. Sorry. <laughs> Oh man, they're so obnoxious. Well, Mark is up. You'll 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 see. You'll meet Mark. You'll... Okay, he's he's a good time. That's who was just visiting me, my uncle Mark. But he's your cousin, right? Cousin in law, but I okay. Cousin in law, but I call him my godfather. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, he's my confirmation sponsor. You're not gonna dance. You're gonna make your confirmation. You're gonna make your confirmation. Deep cuts. Anyway, okay. We have such ADHD. I know. <laughs> It just took us 20 minutes to get back on topic. And I'm getting hot. And I'm getting hot. It's the schmooze. What's that drink called? Schmooge. Schmooge. With a J. Got it. Schmooge. Yeah. Schmooge. Schmooge pina colada. Schmooge in a glass. Okay. Hit me. All right. So, the Inspirato. The scene that I had in my head when I started to write this song was the one in the very beginning when a young Jillian and Sally are sitting at the table in the garden with the aunts and the girls look sullen and burdened by this curse and Jet tries to lighten the mood and she says, Jillian, Sally, you know the only curse in this family is sitting right down at the end of that table, your Aunt Franny. Can we do a back to, can we do like a role play? Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Pick your part. I'll be Franny. Okay. Jillian, Sally, you know the only (laughs) real curse in this family is sitting right out there at the end of the table. Your Aunt Franny. So it makes the girls laugh and then Franny replies. Oh, come on, Jetty. Even you have to admit that any man who gets involved with an Owens woman is bound to end up six feet on the... And then Jetty says, it was an accident. Oh, wait, wait. She says, spare me. Oh, does she? Yeah. Oh, Jess says, spare me? Okay. Yeah. Spare me. And then Franny inquires. She says, what about my poor Ethan? And Jet goes, it was an accident. And Franny disagrees. And she says, that was fate. It was an accident. No, 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 no. It was fate. It was an accident. <laughs> so they ping pong in disagreement for a bit before Sally interjects. She goes, mommy died of a broken heart, didn't she? And then Franny admits, yes, my darling girl, she did. It's so funny to see, like, after that whole, like, argument with Jet, once Sally kind of, like, asks that question, she, Franny just, like, softens up mm-hmm. for a minute because she, she gets it. When she's with the girls one-on-one, she's very soft. Mm-hmm. It, at least in the movie. Yeah. The only time she's, like, ever, like, quick or mm-hmm. short with anybody is, like, when they're doing business, basically. Mm-hmm. When they're trying to get shit done. Like, get the bird, get the book. Uh-huh. So, Sally says, Mommy died of a broken heart, didn't she? And then Franny admits, yes, my darling girl, she did. 
And then Jet, again, trying to lighten the mood, which is kind of like what Jet does. She shifts the girl's focus to their magic. And she says, hey, my little witch, let's go inside and do some spells. So in this scene, this is where we kind of realize the burden of this curse and how it has shaped the aunt's lives and how it is about to shape the lives of these little girls. So in the next scene, we analyzed more in depth in our last Chocolate Tipsy Cake episode, so go check that out. The one in which the girls are actually inside working on their spells, where we see Sally surrounded by different chocolate cakes, different sauces, and cocoa powders. It's almost as if the aunts are providing these little indulgences, not just for themselves, but for these little girls. And not to distract them from coming to terms with their grief, but to provide them with one of life's greatest simple pleasures, And I think indulging themselves in chocolate was a way for the aunts to practice self-care and a way for them to let the girls know that they are cared for, even in the midst of this tragedy that they have just experienced at such a young age. Food Um, and beverage is their love language. Yes, absolutely. And chocolate being such a feel-good comfort food meant to sweeten any scenario, this may have very well been a way for the aunts to cope with all the tragedy and grief that they have had to deal with in their own lives as young girls coming up in the world experiencing the wrath of this curse time and time again so they are only passing i see it as them only passing what they know onto their nieces in hopes that they can find even the slightest bit of solace from these unlimited sweet treats that they're providing to them without regulation it seems right (laughs) yeah i don't think we ever see the aunts eating chocolate or anything sweet Right. But that is what, you know, if they are so loosey-goosey on the rules and they're not really comfortable with, um, like, discipline, then, you know, how they're trying to connect with a kid. How do you connect with a kid is give them, give them something sweet. Yeah. Not that they are seeking the child's approval of them, you know, trying to be the cool aunt or anything like that. But they're just mm-hmm. like, these kids have lost their parents. Yeah. What do we do? You know, and they lost their parents. Mm-hmm. So they feel that very deeply, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it just came from a place of, like, they can relate, and maybe that's what they did when they were young, trying to deal with their own grief of Mm. every man or their parents that they've lost. I think they just are doing what they know how. It's so weird. I'm just thinking now that Maria lost her parents. She lost, literally, she lost Hannah and the play playboy what what is his name her her daddy robbie <laughs> robbie again i was gonna say tom haverford <laughs> rob and then <laughs> and then aunt jet and franny lost their parents yeah and then these girls lost their parents is this a disney movie like can you not have parents <laughs> you know i don't know it's so sad it is sad but they have chocolate they got chocolate they got chocolate dr willard is the only one like poor isaac to lose a son, I can't imagine. But then he's fiending for that chocolate cake. He's fiending for that chocolate cake. Ugh. Um, for that cake by the ocean. Also, real quick, I wanted to point out, in the book, Ethan, the character Ethan, isn't that Halen's father? Is there an Ethan in the book? There is an Ethan in the book, but I think it's Halen's father. Was she hooking up with the dad? Right? That's my quest. Yeah. Because if she- in the movie, she's like, what? you know what happened to my poor Ethan? And I'm just like, wait a minute, is... Isn't Ethan Halen's father? Oh my God. Alice, what did you do? <laughs> okay, good catch. I didn't. I did not remember that man's name. I'm wondering if that's an Easter egg, if she meant for that to happen, because... Why but wouldn't... Halen lived for a while. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. lived to be old. So I don't know if that was on purpose. 
Right. But Ethan is the father's name. I'm wondering why. Because she wrote Rules of Magic so far after she, after the movie came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She could have easily named Hayland Ethan. That's what... Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, if she wanted to put an Easter egg, why didn't she just make Ethan her actual boy toy? Or one of the two boys that ran across the green who got struck by lightning. I don't think I don't think either one of those names were Ethan, though. No, I don't think so either. That's what I mean. But that would have been the easiest thing to put together. Right. Think. Yeah. So it just it it just was so weird when I read that book and I was like, Ethan, is that the same Ethan that she mentions in the movie? My poor Ethan. Ethan. Yeah. So anyway, well, about the song, I wanted to write this song as an ode from the aunt's perspective, which showcases their usage of chocolate as a means of that self-care and allowing them to indulge in life's simple pleasures in order to soften the hard edges that life has burdened them with. But it's also a song of empowerment dedicated to their nieces to make sure that even in the wake of all the tragedy that surrounds them and every man that ever comes across their path, that they still recognize and honor their own power. So this song is that reminder to Sally and Jillian of all that power that they hold within themselves. But this song was initially inspired by that first scene, and there are a couple lyrics throughout the song that are resonant of instances that happen throughout the film. So the first one is, and we'll talk about the lyrics in a little bit, but um, I just wanted to point out like some of the other lines that I added that weren't so much about that first scene, but still are kind of like seated throughout the movie mm-hmm. that kind of are also relevant to this song and owning their power. Okay. The first one is the line in the bridge where I say, watch where you point that finger, girl. You have more power than you know. And this line was inspired by that scene where Kylie is cursing her classmate with the chicken pox. Mm-hmm. And that one close-up of her pointing her finger and she cast the curse. And then we see the kid in, in the next scene or like a few scenes later. With... throwing that ice pop. <laughs> he throwing the ice pop, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got the chicken pox a few scenes later. So we see just how powerful these girls are and they don't even realize it, you know? Then the next one, there's a line in the second verse where I say, you can't practice magic while looking your nose down at it. And that is something that Jet says to Sally at the end of the film when they come back to rid Jillian of Jimmy's spirit. Mm -hmm. And Sally clearly needed help. She was Mm -hmm. ill-equipped to deal with this on her own because she spent so many years completely not owning she didn't want to own her power she puts her face in a pillow and she's like i know right because she's like she knows the aunts were always right even in her quest to fit in and be quote normal so she always knew deep down that she needed to own her power if she wanted to keep her family safe or whatever else she needed to do so now that you have a little background as to what inspired the song and some of the references throughout the movie that i kind of peppered in throughout the song let's talk about how i actually crafted this song and put it together i don't think we did this in past episodes i want to talk a little bit i'm along for the ride jesus like this is (laughs) new to me christina's like justina take the wheel so we're going to talk about the drafting process and kind of like how i work sometimes when songwriting so the very first string of drafts for this song were recorded february 21st 2022 and this was about the ninth song created for this project and the first day that i started conceptualizing this song i did about six drafts for this song in like oh one my day God. yeah and i like did it in pieces so what i tend to do is when i first come up with an idea for a song i'll just do like a rough play and sing kind of deal and i'll record that just to get my initial idea down because when i was younger i didn't do that so much but like now like i'm older my memory is just 
fucking shot. Okay. I have no, like, yeah, if I don't get it down right then and there right away, that shit is just flying out of my brain in, like, You're like, 20 not minutes. Michelle Branch. Who the hell else got up in the middle of the night with, uh, I think Rabbits on the Run? Was that right? Oh, Vanessa they... Carlton? Vanessa Carlton. Yeah. yeah, get it out. Go back to bed, Sag. Yep, yep, yep. So that's what I did. I just did, like, a rough play and sing recording just so I can get my initial idea down. And then as I start fleshing out my ideas, I'll then record a separate draft or, like, a series of drafts. So I'll do, like, one draft for verse one. And then I'll do the next draft for a pre-chorus. And then mm -hmm. I'll do a draft for the chorus. And so on and so on. So for this song, I had about six drafts. In draft one of my very first writing session of the song, it was a little different rhythmically than what it ultimately ended up evolving into over time. And that just happens naturally. Like, the more you play a song, the more you kind of, like, fall into where it wants to go on its own, kind of, like, more naturally. Because mm -hmm. when you first start conceptualizing a song, it's kind of like opening the floodgates. You you invite the muses in. And I feel like you have synesthesia with music. Yeah, but it's in, not in a way your own personal feeling and emotion and the like the physical feelings that you get almost from the writing process. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't usually come in like colors or anything though. But like I'm definitely I when I'm writing and like kind of letting melodies come through while I'm like strumming chords, it is kind of like spirit writing almost. Like you know when you right just, like put your pen to a page and like let the spirits take over and what whatever comes out comes out mm -hmm. it's kind of like like that like i'm kind of trying to guide them or letting them use me as a guide to ultimately put out what they what messages they want to convey if that makes any sense absolutely and i don't think synesthesia has to be colors mm -hmm. at all it's like, right. like tasting words or, you know, it's all your senses kind of combining somehow. Yeah. Yeah. The first draft, I'll play it for you now. So you'll notice that I sing things with a bit more of like a swing kind of feel. It's a little more Avril Lavigne and like complicated. If you think of like, no, 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 Like it's it had a little more like yeah. swing to it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't as like straightforward, like a Liz Fair kind of like, what's that song she did? I am extraordinary. Like, you know, like, dun, 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 no, 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 no. I don't think I've heard any of your older drafts of this. Really? Okay. This is going to be mind-blowing. <laughs> All right. So, February 2022. So, here is the sound of my first draft for this song. Hey, little witch. Let's go inside. Do some spells. Life's a bitch. But we gotta do it. The hand that it dealt us. Yeah, so you see how it's like very rough. similar, but you can tell that that was like you're working it out. Uh huh. They're like this this needs to flow like this even if i don't have anything to put in there yeah yeah sometimes things just come through as gibberish like simlish like simlish sim yeah. it's just like sim language that comes through and then like once you work out the lyrics it kind of like takes its shape and it's it's cool it's like a cool thing to see it's starting to take shape i really wish i could do that it's always the lyrics first and then i have trouble putting them into a proper rhythm mm -hmm. you know so yeah. i sister signs yeah we, we flip it and reverse it and be able to, to do the thing we can't put them with the missy elliott song yeah yeah 
Yeah, so I find it really helpful to do both simultaneously. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I wrote just like brain dumped words. Yeah. And then put the words and try to fit the words into the construct of a song. Like it always is much easier for me to come up with a chord progression and a feel first and then add the words to that and the melody to that. You know what that reminds me of is when Stevie Nicks took Edgar Allan Poe's Annabelle Lee. Uh -huh, the uh -huh. words are there and then she's got to Tetris those words into a song yeah. and she did amazing. She did. And that's kind of like what I did, how we work together because you would often send me the brain vomit and I would sift through that and then put that to music. And right. that also worked beautifully. But for me personally, like that's not usually how I work on my own, mm -hmm. but it worked when we were doing that process together, when you would just send me words and then I would try to fit that like a puzzle into the music. Yeah, you could move things around where I feel like she took that poem and stayed precisely to the And words. I feel like that's even more of a challenge. For Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So now going on to draft two. Okay. Now keep in mind, these first six drafts were all the same day. That's so crazy. I probably worked on this for hours. All right, so in draft two, in the draft that we're about to listen to, the verse is starting to become more refined now, and I'm starting to naturally fall into more of that straightforward strum, but there's still some remnants of that swing strum. I'm still kind of trying to figure out, figure out the rhythm that the song wants to be. Also, the wording is starting to fall into the pocket a little bit more, but the exact wording isn't quite there yet. And in this draft, I'm still trying to figure out the inflections on the syllables and what I want the lyrics to be. And the lyrics leading out of the first verse into the pre-chorus were still a bit uncertain at that point. And I had an idea of what I wanted to say, but not exactly how I wanted to say it yet. So, okay. all right, here, let me, I'll just play it. Hey, little witch, let's go inside and do some spells. Yeah, life's a bitch, but the cards, they fell and we learned to live what? Yeah, so that was mostly the first verse. I'm kind of trying to figure out how I wanted the words to flow precisely. A little angel voice. See, a little vibrato is so like, ah. <laughs> so nice. Dude, I got to send you this TikTok about the different vibratos. It's, oh, God. It's a joke. It's a joke thing, but they're all, they're always like, <laughs> so this next draft draft three this is the pre-chorus going into the chorus and in this draft i came up with with the initial lead into the chorus but the chorus was still very rough and flowy at this point i still didn't have any words yet for the chorus so this is what draft three sounded like okay i know something that you
breakfast Brownies for breakfast Oh, and that's when you find There's where it clicks yeah. Right? It just gives me like she's all that vibes. Uh-huh. Dude, your guitar sounds sad. Your guitar yeah. is like, help me, she's been playing me too hard. <laughs> Probably. By that time, song nine, I bet it it was on fire. Yeah. Rocket sauce. All the rocket sauce. Rocket sauce, yeah. Rocket, rocket, all of my rocket sauce. All of my fucking rocket sauce. What is that? Tenacious D. Oh. Draft three. Okay. okay. All right. So yeah. So at that point, the chorus was just still very flowy. No real words for the chorus just yet at that point. But you see how like it was like starting to kind of take shape. Mm -hmm. how, like the melody was starting to just like make its way through. Mm -hmm. I was starting to sing along and then you were like, eh, no, 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 no. We're not there yet. The melody is very, it wasn't an actual melody. It was just like, you know, little fragments of what it could have been. Yes. Right. Before I kind of settled on anything. Um, because I didn't have words yet at that point. So once the words came, then I was like, okay, I can solidify something here. So by draft four is verse two. So at this point, I have the first half of the verse written, but the second half is just humming still. Okay. Also, the pre-chorus in this draft, you'll notice I say, I know something to cheer you up, which I actually ended up moving to the first pre-chorus somewhere down the line. Okay. So giraffe, <laughs> giraffe four. Giraffe giraffe four so this is giraffe butler brownies for breakfast verse two draft four hey little witch you can't practice magic while looking your nose down at it Still no chorus words mm -hmm. there but that was just me working out the second verse it kind of a little bits and pieces just slide in as you're humming it and you're like that fits yes you know? it just makes yeah. its way in there yeah it's kind of like just like looping it until things start to kind of like fly at me mm -hmm. i guess like you know how like when psychics are doing a reading and like they get those little intuitive hits and then they feel the call to say something completely random yes like and i don't know what this is yeah but i need to say it <laughs> I need to say this, pigeons. Yeah, like, and somebody's like, oh my god, the pigeons. I know exactly what pigeons means. Like, I don't know what half of the shit means that pops into my head, but for some reason, I feel like it jumps out at me because it needs to be part of the song. I don't know. It's so far, you're it's working for you. Yeah. So by draft five, now this is the chorus. This just goes to show. Once you listen to this draft, this just goes to show how quickly this song actually came together once I started getting it going. Mm -hmm. In this draft, I sing the whole chorus through with the lyrics, and it sounds refined and pretty close to where it ultimately ended up landing. Mm -hmm. in the final version I ended up recording. So this is draft five, and this is, I guess, the first iteration of the entire chorus from start to finish. Brownies for breakfast are the cure for this life we're forced to live. It wasn't a fall, but it's a cross to bear. So I'll never feel guilty that a bounty for breakfast. You are like
like Josie and the Pussycats in this song. <laughs> that's who. That's who I think I was like kind of channeling. Conjuring. Yes. I was obsessed with that soundtrack. Like scene. amazing movie. Can we please put that on our movie list? Yes. That was the second closest movie to like as much as I've watched Practical Magic. Josie and the Pussycats was the next. The next. Yes. Um, Kay Hanley. Letters to Cleo. I was obsessed with anything Letters to Cleo did back then. They were on the craft soundtrack. Uh, they we were, were all on- getting our hair cut that way and putting the red stripes in them. Yeah. What was the other one? 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes. They were in that soundtrack. She was in that movie. She made a cameo in mm-hmm. that movie, the prom scene. And at the end on the top of the building. Yes. Uh, love Letters to Cleo. So yeah, I would definitely consider them one of my influences with my right style. Fucking love them. Uh-huh. You remember that song, You Don't See Me? From Josie yes. and the Pussycats. That so was one good. of the first songs I learned on the guitar. Like like one of the first cover songs that I would learn and just like play over and over and over again. <laughs> that was one of the first songs. So good. Love it. I actually, that song kind of inspired one of our other songs that we wrote for this project. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. So we'll talk about that when we get to it. I think it was True Love Spell, I think. Okay. But I can't wait to talk about that one either. Oh my God. All right. So. That movie's so good. Wyatt. I have a friend named Wyatt. Remember uh, Alan? Alan, what's his name? Cummings. Alan Cummings. His name yeah. is Wyatt. And Josie, what's her name? Rachel. Rachel Lee Cook. Rachel Lee Cook is like, and then I did this. It's like at the end where she's laying it all out, how everything happened with the subliminal messages. She's uh-huh. like, and then Wyatt. And that's all I remember. <laughs> I just love their like mock boy band. Du jour. Backdoor lover. Backdoor lover. <laughs> There's a TikToker who makes tour t-shirts Stop. for all the fake bands and is on one of his t-shirts that's amazing i need a t-shirt cool, cool. <laughs> Do- what's the monkey's name i forget dr something yeah. or other pooing on my two little balls <laughs> marco oh my god that movie's so funny yeah let's add that let's add that to our list and maybe in honor of that movie we should add a song we should add the theme song to our msr playlist okay it took three small words way too late you can't see that I'm the one. Yeah, I I wanted to start a girl band so bad because of that movie, but nobody in my general vicinity played any instruments. Oh, man. Did anything. We were trying to start one, too. That would have kicked so much ass. Megan and I did guitar, and we had a drummer, mm-hmm. and we set out our stuff at the drummer's, like, mobile park mobile home park and we were playing outside and it was we didn't have many songs at all and this was the age of like good charlotte oh my god but we're playing josie and the pussycat songs yeah yeah oh you said i'm doing your face because such good face all right we got to keep going with this fucking episode i need more chick musician friends i have like got one baby couple but like nobody that plays drums i would love to play drums that's my go-to air instrument yeah. I don't know why. Not guitar. Yeah. I love, I'm a good steering wheel drummer, but that's all I got. <laughs> Where are we at? Are we at no, draft five? Now we're going to draft six. So I wish there were timestamps on here because I would be really curious to see like how much time passed between draft five or it's draft not, like There's not a little five. like eye icon that's the details of when it was created. Wait, wait. Okay. So Brian's Rex's chorus. Okay. Let me see. Um, where would it say that? There's no extra information. Okay. Um, you think they would have had like timestamps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be really curious to see how much time passed between draft four and draft five because that shit came together so fast. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So now moving on to draft six after now I have this chorus. In draft six, 
Verse one is more refined at this point, except for the line, but the cards fell and we learned to live what we were dealt with. It sounds a bit wordy because I still hadn't found the right wording or flow there yet. And then the first half of the pre-chorus is pretty close to where it ultimately ended up, where I say, I know something to cheer you up, but I hadn't come up with the second line yet. And that leads us into the chorus. And the chorus in this draft is pretty solid as far as the lyrics go. It's kind of like the previous one that I just showed you. Um, but some of the melody inflection is a little different from where it ultimately ended up. I was still trying to find like where my voice fit into the melody at this point. But verse two came together pretty quickly. So that whole thing is on the recording on this draft. And also I do sing the second chorus on this draft. However, it doesn't have the double chorus, which is what I eventually ended up adding here at a later time. So at the end of this draft, I also say I need a bridge. So I had not yet written a bridge at this point. So it's kind of starting to take shape a little more, but still a lot of holes to fill. This is draft six. Hey little witch, let's go inside and do some spells. Yeah, life's a bitch, but the cars, they fell, and we learned to live what we're dealt with. I know something to cheer you up. Brownies for breakfast are the cure for this long I love how you cracked yourself up. <laughs> I was laughing too, and then you started laughing in the recording. I was like, it's such a good line. You can't not giggle at that. My poor Ethan. Just ask my Oh, he didn't see it coming? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the line always makes me giggle. It's you know. like, oh, we can kill our husbands without even looking at them was what yeah. made me giggle. Yeah. Well, I've only ever played that song, this song live once. But when I play that song, it's funny to like see the people in the audience's reaction knowing that my husband is doing my sound. <laughs> <laughs> Adorable. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not talking about my husband. I'm talking about a movie. You. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, yeah. He's a good man. He is a good man. All right. So that was the first six drafts. And those were all from February 21st. So like I said, I spent like One a day. few hours, like a day, just writing this song, trying to flesh out as much as I could. Then the very next day, February 22nd, this was the next draft that I did after my initial writing session with the song. And all of those pieced together drafts of me trying to find my placement, work out my lyrics, et cetera, et cetera. This was recorded the day after that initial writing session can i say something yeah this is your song number nine yes and we started talking you said a random february morning yeah this is only february 22nd yeah and we had already written eight songs by then yeah we were churning them out like we're like boom 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 and yeah. Spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah it just goes to show you like a little bit of inspiration goes a long fucking way because like I had oxygen to a fire. Ex exactly. Like I had not written songs like this, like churning them out. Like we were like churning them out like a freaking song factory. <laughs> it was crazy. Like I mm -hmm. had not experienced that volume of writing in that short amount of time in probably my entire life as a songwriter. Like I never written this many songs in one sitting. It just took you to be like, hey, practical magic music. And I was like, done, let's do it. And then 20 songs later, 20 songs, one and month, 20 songs later and a podcast later. Yeah. So this was the day after that initial writing session I did on February 21st. Now it's the next day, February 22nd. This, this next recording, it just goes to show you again, how quick this song came together because the very first recording I have from this day is a rough recording of this song pretty much in its entirety. Verse one, pre-chorus, chorus, verse two, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge and then a chorus through to the end in chorus two on this version i did end up adding that double chorus here but it wasn't refined yet and in this rendition i say brownies for breakfast are the cure for all the gossip and the stares you never get used to being the talk of the town so don't mind us loving brownies for breakfast and then i ended up changing that to kind of fit better like more of an alliteration instead of gossip and the stairs i changed it to gossip and the glares oh yeah later on in the next draft um i did want to talk about the bridge real quick because initially i remember leaving the bridge open for you to write something there mm. like the night before when i closed my writing session for the day and i was like here i don't have a bridge yet you were tapped see, out see if you could come up with something and you're like all right i'll think about it and then the next day i remember having the bridge in my head by the next day i like wrote it and i like put up a scratch of it uh-huh and i was like oh fuck she's gonna she's she's gonna be so annoyed that i i wrote that too <laughs> no i don't even know i didn't even skim i think i was using my ipad at the time for notes yeah i don't think i wrote anything down because you were just boom yeah the next morning it was there i was like it was, great it was just fire I was just like, I need to get this out of my system. Yeah. So the bridge that I came up with was now watch where you point that finger girl, you have more power than you know. Also during the instrumental in the bridge, I'm envisioning a guitar solo there. Mm -hmm. So I am picturing like a really, really like 90s, like bow, 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 bow. like a kind of darkness, right? Like a slide kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. They have a part where like the, the guitar chorus is coming and it goes, guitar. <laughs> 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 Riff comes through. Get like some. he announces it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, those um those chords, I've only tried playing mandolin against one of our other songs, our Gary song. Yeah. But this one seems doable. Yeah. I haven't tried though. Mm, give it a go. I wish I could play more. I mean, I could do the guitar with it also. I have a 12 string that would look pretty <gasps> behind it. Sound Ooh, pretty behind it. That's pretty. I don't have any 12 strings. It's pretty cool. They're a bitch to tune. 
And yeah. are they? I can only imagine. So what is each each string is like two of the same notes or kind yeah, kind of. I think the three higher strings are a little different. Okay. I think for the first like six years I was tuning it that way, like the higher like the double, just doubling it up, but yeah. that's not the best way to do it. But no. I didn't have the internet, so I couldn't look it up. I know nothing about twelve strings, but I would imagine yeah. that's but I could be wrong. Dude, I want to go play these now on that 12 string. It's going to sound like Try it out. Uh, angelic. Ooh. Ooh. I, w- I want to learn how to play the harp, but I'm sure it's fucking hard. I feel like it's really hard. You want to yeah. learn the harp? That's cool. Well, I mean, I love how it sounds, but trying to play it is a whole other ball game. You I'm could sure. do the mouth harp. The mouth harp? Oh, like the... Those things are insane. There's yeah. this lady called Olga something or other, and she does this horse song. The fuck? She's like a play mean mouth harp. It's crazy. She's so good. It's very tribal, but like in the middle, she's like... I'm not kidding. Hear- I'm going to sidestep for a minute and look I her up. I need to hear you. this. I need to hear this. Okay. But you go down that rabbit hole. Um, It's definitely on YouTube, but I'll show you when we're done. Okay. All right. So the next and final rough draft recording that I have of this song wasn't until March 22nd, exactly one month later. At this point, I have been playing the song for about a month. And when you play a song over and over, typically that much for like a month straight, you just tend to naturally fall into this like natural rhythm where the song just kind of shows you what it ultimately wants to be and where it wants to go Mm -hmm. so a couple more things had changed since that last february 22nd draft so the first thing i had changed the lyric on the double chorus in chorus two where i initially said gossip and the stairs like i said before i changed it to gossip and glares to create more of an alliteration it's just more pleasing to the ear so in this final draft i changed i made that change then in the last chorus of this final version, I reprised the bridge where I say, now watch where you point that finger, girl, you have more power than you know, which didn't exist yet in the last draft that I recorded of this the month prior. And then I think I also played some different chords in the end of this final version. And I think I ended the song a little differently. I might've even played the bridge a little differently too, like how I lead back into the final chorus out of that like soft chorus, the, like the breakdown yes. part. So some of the structure changed and some of the dynamics changed. So some, some of those things were what I changed in the final draft. But within a month's time. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And the final song is the one that I probably sent you. So you've probably heard this time and time again. So I don't know if we want to play that here or just like put it up on the Patreon. We're going to put the whole thing up over there anyway, right? Yeah. I can play some of it live right now just so we have it for our video and uh Yeah. You're giving me very Tim Burton vibes today. <laughs> I have my Beetlejuice hoodie on. Oh, with the stripes. Yeah. I initially uh, wrote this in Capo 1, but okay. when I played it live, I think I played it Capo 3. I like singing in Capo 3. Yeah. That's a comfy spot. Yeah. When I took my recording course, my teacher, Mike Mangini, he, he produced Who Let the Dogs Out. Um, who? 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 So shout out to Mike Mangini. So he recorded the Jonas Brothers and mm-hmm. he told us a story how, well, first of all, the lesson he was trying to teach was as a vocalist, when you write a song, you want to record it in the highest key that you can possibly sing, I guess, comfortably. It just makes the song sound more exciting. Oh. And it just, I guess, makes the vocal shine more. Huh. Yeah. Not strained? No. If you can sing it and it's not strained, it's fine. Okay. As long as you're not straining to sing it. But do the higher one. But the higher key, 
you can go without straining your voice is supposed to be the most ideal key to record in. That's, That's why, cool. if you notice, a lot of bands, including Paramore, I know, I know they did this for their Riot album, and they might do this for their most current stuff. I'm not sure about their most current stuff, but I know that specifically for their Riot album, they recorded in a lot higher of a key, and then for their live performances, they take it down. A couple okay. Times it's easier for them to hit those notes for Haley or whoever to hit in a studio notes. Yeah. It's, it's much easier to hit higher notes in a studio. Right. And you're not doing it for like an hour and a half long show back to back when you've already sung a bunch of other songs. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's much easier to, to sing like that in a studio because it's a controlled setting. You don't have Mm -hmm. monitors that you're dealing with. You're not singing over the drums. You're not singing over the crowd. So it's a lot easier to hit those higher notes if you're recording in a studio. Interesting. Yeah. So I did, find that I I was able to bump this one up a little higher. Okay. I guess I'll play the whole thing. This is probably one of my favorite songs. I'm ready.
that tremolo, baby. I like that even with my eyes closed, I can tell you're kind of singing the song while you're smiling. I don't know what it is. It's a great song. That song it's makes me so jazzed. It's so jazzy. And dude, like changing that setting on your mic, I can hear everything. It's really great. awesome. Yeah. All right. Wonderful cool. song. That's such a fun one. And like, if we ever like toured with this shit and we ever got like a backing band, imagine how fun this one would be to play live. I know. It would be really fun. So fun. That's such a dream and a goal is to like take this shit on the road and be able to play these songs live for people with a band. The sea of witches. <sighs> that would be sick. That would literally be a dream come true. That is yeah. all I could ever ask and hope for from this I project. Know. I know. I know. I know. Right? Thank you for playing that. All right. So yeah. So that's the song, guys. Thank you for voting for this one on our Patreon poll. The is next there... one will be a surprise. It's going to be a seasonally oriented edition, right? For uh, for us, next our one? next song episode. Is that the next one? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, shit. All right. Because uh, this is coming out in July. Yeah, the next one's not till October, right? You're right. Yeah. October. 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 We got a special song episode for you guys coming out in October one of my favorites that is one of my favorites too so yeah we're not gonna do a poll for the next two song episodes right i think we have a couple sorted out for the next we had oh my god you're right yeah oh shit so okay because i was thinking of the one after that but you are so right we have one before that that's um we're gonna have like a theme month yeah we're gonna have a couple song episodes that we're not doing a patreon poll for but we will throw up a patreon poll for the one that we need after that i guess yeah 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 because yeah. there's so many songs that we've written that it's hard to choose which ones we want to showcase next so whatever you guys want to hear but we do have the next few song episodes picked out already because we do have some thematic episodes that kind of coincide which is why we kind of did this like we did the tipsy cake episode last week and now this week you're listening to this song that's kind of keeping with the theme of that so we have a couple grouped episodes coming out like that i think garden song could have come out with our garden series yeah but I'm fine putting that on our next one because that's going to be a couple episodes. I think we have a couple different uh, subcategories, subfolders of the Witch's Garden series. So we'll yeah. have to throw the that one in there. That it would be cool to do. I know we already thought up our October calendar, but it'd be cool to do like a whole Witch's Garden series on baneful herbs. Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely on there. Yeah. We got baneful. We cool. got medicinal. We got we did kind of a tea episode. I think we could do it like a night garden. There's a couple. Mm. Uh, it's on our list. Okay, cool. I loved it. I want to make brownies. I made banana bread. But now I want to make brownies. I should have thrown some chocolate chips in there. Mm. I can't wait to play music with you in yeah. real life. That probably won't be this visit. Yeah. I think we'd have a good time. But if next year we go back, we might be, maybe we'll make a whole thing out of it. We'll Annual Stina's Margaritas event. Yeah. We'll see if we can make that happen. Hopefully we see some of you guys out this October. That'd be so cool. October. Soba. Bahaba. <laughs> So I guess that's it for the song episode. If there's anything else you guys want to know, just slide into our DMs or email us at uh, magnoliastreetpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the song. We'd love to hear any questions or anything that you have relating to, to this song or any of our music for that matter. Mm -hmm. Hold on. I have, I have a whole Patreon spiel here for you guys. So mm -hmm. you can join our $8 musical tier on our Patreon, patreon.com slash magnoliastreetpodcast to get the full rough acoustic demo stream of today's song. And over there, you'll 
also get our show notes plus some of the early drafts that you heard in today's episode as well as lyrics and chord sheets, production playlists, performance videos, or anything else associated with today's song episode. Yeah. Just be aware they are the scratch tracks. Very rough. Tina and her beautiful voice and her guitar and we're working on filling it out but they're they're the scratch tracks guys. It's not. Yeah. Because we did have a question about our intro and outro because one of our patrons was looking for the full edit of what our intro and outro to our our podcast theme song. They were looking for the full version of that but I only recorded like the two parts specifically for the intro and outro so we don't have a full version with all the harmonies and stuff yet but that's on our list of things so just to recap here we wrote about 20 or so practical magic inspired songs for this project so there's plenty more song episodes coming your way where we explain all the behind the scenes behind our songwriting process and our plan with these songs is to eventually record them full production style and release them to you guys officially so you can enjoy them forever like i would love to have this like on a vinyl or to release these on spotify i would just love to have these out in the world so that is what we're working up to so your support your eight dollar contribution on the patreon it'll help it'll help a little bit with going to producing a practical magic concept album yeah Yeah, any any help that you guys can give us goes a long way and then you can also join our one dollar tier on patreon to weigh in on our patron only polls and vote on the next song you'd like us to do a song episode for we have quite a few uh patreon tiers you can get in on but those are the ones that specifically will help us kind of figure out what we want to do next as far as the song episodes go that's right yeah yeah leave us a review you can review each episode individually down below you can answer q a and polls leave us uh, some stars on spotify but you can also leave a written review on apple podcast that helps us get bumped up in the algorithm and help other practical magic fans find us instead of justina and i individually going to tiktokers and being like hey guys we think you might <laughs> like us because they have linked a stevie nicks song you know what i mean right right and also email us at magnolia street podcast at gmail.com we are on instagram magnolia street podcast and what did i miss anything else we're magnolia we street pod on the tiktok there we go nice. yeah check out our instagram feed we post more regularly on there if you're looking for any kind of dates or anything for any of our events they'll be there oh. and also we post in our discord our event guys we're going to salem the 11th to the 15th we are going to have an event on... october oh what did i say you, you didn't say the month <laughs> <laughs> october 11th through the 15th if you want to come out and see us but we are holding an event october 13th which is a friday friday the 13th 9 p.m. to 12 30 a.m. we're going to be doing a midnight margaritas inspired event please head to the event bright link that will be in our show notes to get your spot it's a love donation and that will get you an e-ticket basically to spend the evening with us and you'll be a part of our our neighborhood the magnolia street neighborhood for that night and just come have have a good time with us for a little while and yes it is a pay what you want fee there's no set ticket price it's kind of pay what you want like christina said it's a love donation the link is also in our koji bio on our instagram at magnolia street podcast so if any additional information you want about the event all updates will be added there i'm sure tons will change uh, until october because we're yeah, in yeah, yeah, june yeah. now so i'm yeah, sure yeah, yeah. so much will change leading up to the event and just to be on point this is october 2023 mm-hmm. for listeners later on yes <laughs> so, good stuff right. i think we're ready to close out for today I'm Christina. I'm Justina. And we'll see you next time. Did I match that okay? That was great. <laughs> Stina's out. At that house down the street. At that house on Magnolia Street. Would you go?
Going at the end of the episode. <laughs> Woo! Good stuff. Fucking love that shit.